guys, welcome to Emerald Coast Baseball Academy's podcast. I've got Charlie Calamia here. Hey, Charlie, how you doing? Good, how are you? Awesome, awesome. Uh, first of all, I want to thank our sponsor, Born in the Cage. Born in the Cage Apparel. You can check them out at bornintheCage.com. Uh, awesome shirts. This is one of the jerseys we wore down in Orlando playing a tournament with these guys. Hopefully, I'll be uh, getting back to them. They've got awesome shirts. Uh, um, we got a brand new line uh, that I've been talking to some of the guys. We're gonna. I'm trying to get a T-shirt design myself in there with them. So. We'll have a lot of awesome information on that. Like I said, borninthecage.com. Also, go check out my website and uh, Facebook, uh, emeraldcoastbaseballacademy.com. We got the other podcasts listed on there. Uh, also, got some uh, an online store, some information, some instructional videos and stuff on some things. Um, so let's get it started. Charlie, thanks for coming on. Uh, you just got back from oh. Italy. Uh, uh, we'll start from the beginning. Uh, I met you. Uh, in Santa Fe, we played together. You were my shortstop. Um, you and I connected uh, pretty much from day one. Uh, um, yeah. I remember telling you right in spring training, uh, you know, I asked you uh, uh, how many ground balls you wanted, and I think you came back with something like, uh, 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 how strong are you? <laughs> something like that. And, and I, I'm going to hit. Yeah, and I said, well, I'll, I'll hit till the sun goes down. And you said, all right, sounds good. So, uh, um, yeah, I was, dude. You were probably one of the best shortstops, even considering the field conditions. Because I think we only played on. Gosh, is there was there one surface that we played on that was actually easy, in in the league we played in? I uh, I don't think there was, you know. But at the same time, you don't want to play on those easy fields all the time because then you get into bad habits with all these, you know, nice hops, this and that. So I think it's pretty good to play on those bad fields sometimes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know in Santa Fe, we, uh, I don't know how many plays where I was just baffled about how, your quickness, your ability to get to a ball, and then your ability, if anybody would be in the stands and would be scouting, they might think that you don't have a clue of what you're doing in front of the ball. You almost, I remember one time there was a ball at the middle, and I remember right next to second base, because I remember you'd always tell me about watering and where to water, hey, can you water here? <laughs> Can you break this spot, you know? And there was a spot on the other side of cell, on the shortstop side of second base, that was always soft, always soft. And I remember I had gotten a guy to hit a chopper at you, and the ball skipped the grass completely. And you went at it, and you just had your hands up like this, right here. And I, and I was like, what is he doing? And it just took a weird hop, and you caught it, and, and just got rid of it quick. And, and, and I, was, I was like, wow. I was like, I, you know, I couldn't even believe it. One that that thought process had even come up, and two, you were able to make the play. So uh, <laughs> that was that was outstanding. So, what do you think about your experience in Santa Fe? Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, did you have anything that, you, that that really stood out to you there? Uh, I enjoyed it too. I had a great time. You know, uh, I think a lot of with the team that you're on and how you're going to feel is you know how the guys are on the team. I think the guys on the team were awesome. We all got along great. Uh, but I had a great time in Santa Fe. You know, the the field I think could have been a little better. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> besides that, definitely a great time. I had fun. Yeah, for uh, for everybody to know it, uh, Santa Fe. Um, Bill Moore, who you played for um, before, uh, yeah. and and uh, we was our manager there, and, and that field was I I could I would put it up against the smallest professional baseball field in America. That's what I put that up with elevation to. Right field. I mean, I gave up two broken bat home runs of that field. I couldn't believe it. I mean, 
Oh, yeah. With the elevation, I mean, I had a few home runs there that, you know, I'd, I'd pop it up, put my head down, mumble a few words, go down the line, and, oh, it's gone. All right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the town is an absolutely uh, amazing town. I think they led the league for the third year in a row in attendance is what I was um, looking at. And, you know, they won the championship there. Some of the guys that we played with, uh, came back and played uh, Kozel. Uh, I think he won the MVP. I'm going to try to get him on here. Um, you know, I, I, I really, the more and more I'm seeing the Pecos, the more and more it's just, you know, you've played, you had some experience before that. I didn't really have a lot. And it's, it is doing a, a great bit of justice for guys who are getting overlooked and just need a place to play and, and just try to get their foot in the professional door. Um, you playing all over the place, do you feel like, you know, with – with that kind of situation that it, that it's better to, you know, play, play and just play in general or, or, you know, just keep trying to chase the affiliated. Just got to play in general, you know, any, any chances you get. My first three years I played in Italy, came back and played in Santa Fe and I actually just got back from Germany. So, you know, wherever you can get your foot in the door and play, you know, I'd say play. Yeah, no kidding. I, uh, I spent a, this past year in Mexico with, uh, Roger Foya got me down there and, and, being down there was was uh, it, it's kind of funny. The Pecos prepared me for anything. You know, going down to Mexico, people are, you know, you know, are you worried about Mexico? I'm like, no, no, I'm not, because I played in <laughs> played in the Vegas League. There's not too much, yeah. there's not too much else that you really have to worry about there. That that uh, that you know, it definitely prepared. It, it's like the mail. I always tell everybody when they ask me about the level of baseball, and I say it's like the mail room of a corporation. You, know, you start at the bottom, the absolute bottom, and. You know, next thing you know, you're the CEO, so you got to work your way up. Exactly. So, did, and you just got back from Germany. How'd your team do out there? We did well. Uh, made it to the championship. Uh, we were maybe 32 and three or something going into it, and uh, end up losing the best out of five series. A couple of close games. Uh, two to one. All three of the games we lost. One one nine zero. Uh, but sometimes, you know, the best team doesn't always win. Yeah. And. Uh, I think that was the case right there, but the team we played was good. Good team. Yeah. Okay. What? Um. So you only played. You said you were thirty-two and three. You played thirty-five games. Something How like. How long were you out there? Uh, I was out there since end of March. Last week in March, uh, I think we started first week in April, and uh, yeah, we're just playing on the weekends. Usually Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, or doubleheader Saturday. So usually just two games a week. A uh, few times we had four games a week. We'll have some midweek games, but you don't play every day. Wow. So what's the attendance like there? Do you guys get a lot of people to come out of the games? or? Uh, I guess it all depends also uh, with, with weather. During the playoffs, I know the championship games, we're getting, we got a little over 1,000 people a game So at our home games, so it wasn't too bad. Some of the away games, we weren't getting as many people, nearly as many people. You know, you know still under some of the Pecos League numbers in attendance. <laughs> but... Some of the bigger cities, the better teams that are more involved with baseball, uh, you can you can get a couple hundred people up to a thousand. Wow! So. All right, that's that's cool. I mean, it's always good to see baseball expanding. Uh, you know, uh, internationally, you know, uh, baseball is a huge sport. Um, how is the atmosphere in the games? Because uh, in Mexico, and I'll tell you about it in a minute, it was a completely different. Uh, style uh, of game, and I actually enjoyed it more than I do watching American games. So is there anything crazy that happened there, or was it pretty standard? Uh, 
It was, for the most part, pretty standard. I'd say the people in the stands don't, probably don't know that much that was going on in the game, a lot of them. Some of them do, because it's a newer thing. We had, I think, like uh, a sheet of paper or instructions or whatever. If someone came to the game, like they can follow to see what's going on, like because it'd be newer. But a lot of the teams had a lot of foreigners on the team, Americans, uh, Venezuelans. So, you know, you the guys in the field could play. You know, it's just a matter of people watching watching the game if they knew what was going on. Yeah, and you know what? That's that's probably a good thing. You know, because especially like you, for example, watching you play the game, I'm sure the field conditions are better. Guys like you that are so smooth and have good hands make the game look easy. And and you know, to a young kid or maybe a newcomer to the game, they might be like, "Wow, this game's not very hard," and they might try it and might think otherwise. But you know, that's. That, uh, and I'll give you the uh, contrast. Uh, when I was in Mexico, man, uh, um, we had a DJ, we had cheerleaders, um, we had a mascot. Everything was planned. It was kind of like um, when you go to a minor league game here in America and they have all those in-between inning things, uh, except for they do it between every inning, and there's a DJ that makes a sound, some kind of, you know, what-oh or sound bite after every pitch. And it home or away. When you're on the road, they try to distract you. The other team does, and you know it's a lot. You know everybody's into everything. You throw a strike, one strike. It's not a golf clap. It's an, an eruption of you know. Uh, awesome. In Mexico, in Mexico, one of the words is exito, which is basically like uh, uh, success. Kind of, it's like this uh, slang slang word. Uh, uh, and they yell it all the time. When you throw a strike, you win a game. Exito, you know. And they're all they're super pumped about it. And it's it's one of those cool things to be around. Where the way America is about football here, that's how the international, especially the Latin community, is about baseball. And to be down there and, and to be a gringo and and, uh, and and everybody just was super excited about you know. And even our field, you know, believe it or not, we had an all dirt infield and that field played better than Santa Fe's. Really? Yeah, it, and, and it, it was interesting. I was gonna say, is there glass in that field like Santa Fe? There was actually, there was, because it was a first year team, and the first time we got there, uh, we had to do all kind of calisthenics, um, a lot more team-oriented stuff, and I remember laying down like the first day, and just huge rock, didn't even see it, right, out in the outfield. And uh, it, it was so funny. One of the one of the American guys that came down there with me used to joke around all the time, going, "Hey, you think we can drag the outfield one time?" <laughs> it's just <laughs> just funny little phrases like that, that you know. Uh, but it, it you know they, they took care of it very nicely. You know, it, it's just a different thing. I mean, the mound played fine, and you know, uh, I had a, a luxury plan with a couple different shortstops. One of them was a Cuban guy with AAA with the Yankees. Reminded me a lot of you, left-handed hitter. Real smooth guy, made every play, didn't really complain about much, and he was kind of a, a vocal guy like yourself too. Where's you know, just give me the ball, you know, and, and yeah. So I remember that you and I would, I you'd see me get frustrated sometimes if of uh, you know with a Santa Fe hit or something like that, and you would just hey, just just have him hit the ball to me, and I'm, I'm all right, I'll do what I can on the ground. Yeah, just on the ground, right at me. So awesome, awesome. So Germany was a success. Yeah. Uh, any, so, any future teams? You going to try to keep it international, or what you going to try to do? Uh, I'm not tied down to anything right now. You know, I'm pretty open. Still early. I just got back, so actually not even a week ago. So you know, I'm pretty much open for whatever. You know, I just want to keep playing.
Awesome. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things uh, uh, our, our former teammate Bryson Sims had put out there, and definitely is something that I, I believe in too. Is you, you just don't stop playing because I'm definitely in the thought of even with uh, you know with your even with your expertise in, in lifting and baseball stuff like that is once you stop you, you you're done. Um, that's definitely what I've seen is is for guys that I've seen that have stopped and tried to make a comeback or something like that. It just never works out. So you just yeah. can't stop getting better you know once you stop that's when you that's when i think i'll know for sure don't tell the wife you know, you know. <laughs> yeah yeah all right um so let me ask you uh um is there anything that any any coaches out there in germany did you tell tell a difference in style of coaching between here in america and, and then over there or even in italy um anything different that they profess out there or is, is it pretty much the same uh, not a whole lot. Our coach in Germany was, he was pretty good. He, uh, he played in the bigs actually. He's a pitcher, Mike Hartley. Uh, so he was pretty good. He knew his, he knew his stuff. He was a pitcher. Uh, Italy, we had, had an Italian coach. He's always open, you know, he's always asking me questions. Hey, what should we do for this? What should we do for that? He was more of a, knew, he knew the game, but he was also, he wanted to learn. Uh, but I'd say that it's all, baseball is baseball. It's all very similar. Uh, Maybe a little more smaller, small ball out there. You know, I'm, a, I'm not a big guy, so in Santa Fe I'll be bunting. Germany I'll be bunting. When I was in Italy, you know, I was I was more the bigger hitter, so I don't think I put down a bunt in three years when I was out there. So I mean, that, that was strange to me. Yeah. So yeah, you were definitely a guy that I that would. Uh, I always felt like at any given moment, you you always had perfect timing on on either attempting a drag bunt or. Or laying it down. Um, is there anything strategy-wise, hitting, especially when you're talking about you know uh, drag or anything, that you look for maybe to disrupt the pitcher or anything when when you're up there with your approach? Uh, no, I just try to take and you know make it basic, real simple. Uh, just try not to move too much, you know, because I mean if you start trying to maybe mess them up, you might start messing yourself up. So I just try to I just go down to fundamentals, just take it easy, just try to do what I can control. Gotcha. All right. All right. Is there uh um now we played for uh, Bill Moore and maybe I'm sure he has some phrase in there that you uh you probably latched onto. I know I've got a, a couple of awesome Bill Mooreisms. Is there anything you can think of that a coach has has uh, uh, given to you? Uh, uh, any advice that stuck with you over the years? Uh, yeah. There's one one phrase. I don't remember exactly word for word how it was, but I remember. A coach told me a while ago, you know, when you're hitting, you don't want to see how, you know, you don't want to think how far you're going to hit the ball. You want to think how hard you're going to hit the ball. Because if you hit the ball hard, it's going to go far. It's going to get the job done, you know. So I see people always, you know, just taking massive hacks, seeing how far they can hit the ball. But you want to, you know, see how hard you can hit it because you hit it hard, it's going to go far. Yeah. So that's just one of the coaches uh, that told me years ago that stuck with me and uh, that I use all the time. Awesome, awesome. Is there anything in your uh, two-strike approach? Um, I know uh, Bryson was talking about um, utilizing his speed. Is there anything that you're trying to do in your two-strike two approach as opposed to your uh, early in the count approach? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm more of an open stance hitter kind of guy. And when I get two strikes, I close up. I learned this in junior college. Uh, I close up. I'm pretty much almost fully loaded, but not too loaded. And I just try to put the ball in play. I uh, I tell myself, you know, I'll, I'll take a step out of the box, take my helmet off, look at it, think. I'll clear my head, and I'll be like, there's no way this guy's getting me out. There's no way you're getting me out. 
you know, focus a little, little harder, shorten up, and I just try to do what I can do. Try not to do too much. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I've heard different strategies for guys with OO counts. Um, uh, it, when you step into a box, let's say you're facing a, a low 90s guy, uh, you know, that's, that's, let's say you're facing the ace, for example. Um, what, what exactly is your strategy getting in maybe your first at bat, and does it change through the game at all, or, or do you try to keep the same approach, or, or what's your, what are you trying to do out there? I, uh, I try to keep my same approach. Sometimes you might need to switch a little bit depending on how you do each, each at bat. Uh, I, sit, I sit on one pitch. So, you know, until I get it. So if it's, if it's OO, I'm sitting, let's say I might be sitting middle in inside fastball. If I get it, I'm going to rope it. Uh, if he throws an outer outside fastball, I might take it because, you know, maybe I'm cheating a little bit because I'm sitting on the inside pitch, this and that. I want to make sure I'm going to hit it. Uh, but let's say he does throw an outside pitch for a strike. You know, now I think differently, okay, let me try to get a pitch I can hit, a pitch I can drive. But until I get a strike on me, I sit one pitch and I get, try to get a pitch I can drive. But it also depends on the situation of, you know, what you need to do. If I'm a leadoff guy, you know, trying to get a pitch I can drive, maybe get on base, try to work something, uh, you know, runner on second, runner on third, you got to do obviously different things. Yeah, but, yeah, that's, that's awesome because that's one of the things that I'm constantly, when I'm doing lessons, is I, I, and looking at, you know, I've always... I always try to pay attention to the guys that do the things the best or have the most success or I feel like have a really good work ethic. And, I, and when, uh, and fortunately, you, you saw me in Santa Fe, I was able to, uh, I got to hit, you know, uh, as, a, as the National League rules. And, and I would always pay attention. You know, a lot of people would just go out there and pitchers just hack and everything. And, and um, I would have a little bit different approach as a pitcher as opposed to a leadoff guy. Um, I wanted the guy to spend as many pitches as he could against me, and and for you it sounds like you know uh, swinging first pitch isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it, is it? Can you go over? Because I've heard many different philosophies over first pitch swingers, and uh, I even know some guys that it's almost like Hanley Ramirez, where you are actually better off statistically to not throw a first pitch strike against these guys than to throw a, or even a first pitch hittable pitch. So, uh, yeah. any, any any words on, on first pitches? Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, if you're a leadoff hitter, uh, you want to see the guy take pitches, which I can see that also. But I also have, or I think, you know, my philosophy is, as a pitcher, I think most of them are trying to get first pitch over strike, usually fastball. So, why not as a hitter, you know, okay, if it's right there, why not, why not hit it? You know, why not start the game off? You might get something going right away. Obviously, if you know you don't get you get out right away, it doesn't look that great. But if you do get on base, I mean, right away, runner on runner on base, you got two hole hitter up. I mean, some things could happen. So it could it could backfire, it could go either way. But I'm, I'm a guy. If it's right there, swing, hit it until you know you prove that you're getting out every single time you're swinging at this pitch. You know, but I think if it's there, swing. <laughs> yeah, you're you're definitely trying to hit the ball, not watch it. I heard a. I heard a, a coach say that to, me, to a guy one time, and I always thought that was funny. Is is uh, you know uh, you hear in the Latin community uh, all the time, you can't swing your way out of here, or I'm sorry, you can't walk your way out of here. You, you know you got to, and you, you see guys swing all, and that's the point of the game is to swing. And as my job as a pitcher, it's to make you to swing at a pitch that you know may deceive you a little bit or be just a little bit out of your reach. And 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 uh, so. With the first pitch swings, uh, let's let's take it through a quick situation. Let's say we got bases loaded, no outs, 
and then bases loaded, two outs. Um, if there's a first pitch, and let's say you're, uh, let's say it is an inside fastball, is there a difference between with two outs or no outs, or you going to be a little more conservative in one in one stance, or or, or a little less in another? Uh, no, I for me, I don't think so. Because if it's if it's the one pitch you're sitting on, I mean, that should be a pitch you should be able to drive into the outfield. You know, with with two outs or or one out, or maybe. If it's bases loaded, bases loaded, no outs, you know, get a pitch you can drive. Like that, you know, if sitting inside fastball, you should be able to hit that. You know, a professional player or even a, a young kid, you know, you should be able to do something with a pitch and make something happen. I think if you're sitting on the pitch that you like, the pitch that you can hit, because that's what you're sitting on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's say, all right, I, li I like this, this, this idea of the pitch that you like, the, the one you're looking for. Uh, I think too much you hear coaches that, you know, they give kids too many options. It's like, well, if it's a pitcher sitting in and it's a fastball inside turn on, well, but if he hangs a curveball, then get up there and hit that. Well, you know what, but then again, if he does throw a fastball away, then you have to go with it. And I think when you make it simple, like you're saying, and, and you know, a lot of people, if you go look at statistics and as you get deeper into games and, uh, you know, higher level of baseball, they start recording way more stats. And yeah. I'd say that, you know, 60% of the time, guys are throwing fastballs easy out of their pitches. So you going out and looking for a fastball in one spot, and if you don't get it, maybe tipping your hat to them, uh, you know, later on in, in the game, the information you're building from that is, is, is kind of like what I'm doing in the opposite thing. If, if I throw a fastball away first pitch and a guy takes it, I can I can almost go okay I didn't throw that to what he was looking for, and if you do swing at the fastball away, if you get a hit, I can almost tell if you did it on purpose. If you get a hit and you drive the fastball away to the four hole or you hit a double in right center, I go okay he was sitting on that. Yeah. I need to adjust my plan. But let's say it's fastball away, you hit it and you hit a ground ball to the shortstop, which I'd say 90% of the time that happens. If you try to pull an outside fastball and you're thinking middle in, which is a pull pitch, and you get it middle away, you're gonna hit a ground ball shortstop. That's one of my favorite favorite things to do is you know throw the hard you know hard fastball two seam or a cutter away to a guy, watch him just roll over and hit ground balls to Charlie Calamia all day. All day. <laughs> yeah, so, no, uh, I, I I agree. You know, it, you can tell even a hitter knows. You know, if we you throw an outside fastball, and we try to pull, we get a flare hit here or there. You know, yeah, that wasn't what I was looking for. We got a little lucky. So I would actually probably sit if I did that the first pitch, rolled over an outside fastball, found a hole. I'd probably sit outside patch fastball again, except maybe I'll keep my shoulder closed a little more and actually work a little harder on driving it. That'd be the, that'd be the pitch I'd be sitting on as the outside fastball. So necessarily I won't be sitting on inside fastball this pitch. If I get the inside fastball, I'm gonna take it. Yeah, that's a strike because I'm cheating a little that way. You know, I'm getting a pitch I could I could drive. And so you, you being a littler guy, I think that it for me personally, I think it it. it if I'm getting in, and let's say I've never faced you before, most little guys, I wouldn't actually say that they're normally not seeing inside fastball first pitch. So I might even play that into your hand. I might throw a little bit more of a two-seamer to try to get some run on it. Maybe if you do pull it, maybe you'll pull it foul. Um, but that's an interesting strategy, you know, to, to and that's what, you know, there's a thousand different ways to play this game. And then there's also another thousand different ways to play inside the game within the game, which is that battle between, you know, hitter and pitcher. Um, awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's say, um, and one of the other things, um, 
I remember you and one of the one of your your, your roommate uh, Barnett. Uh, all you guys always trying to figure out was what the pitcher's out pitch was, or or what his, you know, could you figure out his strategy as far as what he was trying to do? And and uh, I don't see this a lot at a younger level, and I wish we saw a lot, you know, a lot of kids even in the high school ranks. You see them worry about mom and dad or girlfriends in the stands or whatever. But I, I remember one instance to where. Um, you were up, and I think you possibly chased a slider or a splitter down or something, and Barnett was behind you, and it was like a three-pitch at bat. And the guy was throwing hard. I remember it was like, I, I want to say it was like, for example, I think it was like a fastball inside. You hooked it foul. You fouled the second one off, maybe a fastball away, and then maybe it was like a splitter down. It was just a late, nasty pitch, and he got you, and, and throughout, and you, you took a couple steps. The guy threw you out, and on the way back to the dugout, um, Barnett waited for you, and he asked you if he went in, out, and then split. And you were like, "Yeah, something like that." And I remember the guy went up, or uh, Barnett had gone up, and the first pit he threw the exact same sequence, and he threw in. Barnett took it. He threw out. Barnett took it. It was 0-2. Then he went split down. And then so right after that, he tried to come back in. Barnett ripped a double down the line. And he came in, and he had told everybody in the dugout, hey, he's pretty easy on his sequences. It looks like it's hard, hard, slow, or hard, hard out pitch. And we went out, and this guy that was throwing, I remember this guy was throwing cheese. I think mean, he was like 94, 95. And we knocked this guy around, and like the, we got him out in the fourth inning. Like he didn't even make it out of the fourth. And it, it, I started watching and going, that's the kind of communication as a team where you don't even that that's what I liked about our team. We didn't even need our head coach to even go over there. It was like everybody was just sharing information like nothing. And when you see teams that, that do share the information, they go, okay, it was he was throwing two in and four away, or four away, you know, or two or two away and four in. All that information that was thrown out there from you guys, it was impressive to see. Uh, is that something that you try to even over in Germany where you're trying to, you know, when did you start you guys trying to pick that kind of stuff up? Uh you know, communication's big. You know, especially I think as a pitcher, you might pitch. I'm sure you pitch righties different than you pitch lefties. Yeah. And I also believe you know you pitch maybe the the bigger guys a little bit different than maybe the smaller guys, depending on also how they do their at bats. So what I also like, I try to do is you know usually there's someone in the lineup that's a pretty similar hitter than pretty similar hitter to you. You know maybe you know they're 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 quick like you. They can get, they got a little bit of pop. You know this and that. And uh, so basically, that's like you go up to bat too, except you can watch yourself. You can see what they do. And hitting before you, you know, you can be like, hey, what's going on? You know, what do they throw you? Just like you're talking about. It's always good. I think probably when I was in college was probably, you know, the, the earliest when I've seen that we, we did it. You know, high school, not as much. Some high schools, you know, are good high schools. You guys can do that. But the high school I was at wasn't that great. So, you know, high school, college was pretty much when we went started doing that big talking, communicating, be like, hey, what did he throw? Start paying attention, you know, pitch sequence was, you know, first pitch that fastball in or out, this and that. But that's probably when I picked it up earliest. So in, in college, now, did anybody tell you to start doing that or was it possibly, you know, an older guy or maybe a coach that was, you know, because I, I hear it all the time, even down here in high school, you hear, you know, pay attention, pick something up with a pitcher, but you never hear the communication side where it's almost, you have all nine guys in the lineup really trying to work together to get an edge, you know? Yeah, well, I hear it. I heard it when I was younger, but a lot of times you hear things as a kid and you don't really understand what, what they're talking about. You might yes them, you know, just because you're afraid to ask, like, what's he talking about? I don't want to sound dumb. 
But uh, I, I heard it, but not necessarily, you know, knew exactly what I knew now how I should be doing it. You know, it's always pay attention. You know, watch what he's doing. You guys should be talking to each other. Like, well, talking to each other about what? Like, you know. So, but definitely at a younger age, I did, I did do it. But college is when I, I'd say, you know, almost more mastered of what, what was going on, of how I should be going around every at bat and this and that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So that that's that's good stuff. Now. Is there anything, is there any sequences that you feel like, uh, you know, for you that, are there any pitches that, that you feel like are, are hard to, to grasp or, or, or anything like that? Or, you know, is, is, have you run over so many sequences over the years that it's almost like a, like a poker hand? Can you kind of tell how the percentages and what pitches are going to come out? Uh, you can. I think it depends also on uh, how, bad, how bad you look at a pitch. You know, it's like, like I said, when I sit first pitch fastball or whatever I'm sitting, sometimes I'll sit first pitch curveball if I didn't look very good in maybe my previous two at-bats. I'm like, okay, I didn't look that good. I'm going to sit first pitch curveball because he's probably going to throw it, and I'm going to be ready for it. So it's almost like a gamble. It's like a guessing game. Uh, hopefully you guess right. You know, usually off speed or fastball. So you usually have a 50-50 chance of, you know, hard or slow, and then you got to guess in or out usually. Yeah. But if you get it, don't miss it. Yeah, I got you. Know, gotcha. You, you have to learn from your bats before. Like, let's, so if I had some good at bats where I've hit some fastballs early in the count, you know, maybe, maybe I still sit fastball. Maybe he thinks, okay, there's no way he's going to hit, you know, three fastballs in a row in the same spot, this and that. Or maybe I'm going to look, you know, maybe I'm going to look off speed. Maybe I'll look change up or something. But definitely learn from your at bats before. If you look bad on off speed earlier in your at bats, sit off speed because he's probably going to throw it. But, gotcha. And, and do you think that the difference on, because you're a right hander, the difference of right-handed pitcher and left-handed pitcher, that can also affect possibly how you're going about it? Yeah. Uh, when I face a lefty, I think, you know, more of more fastball changeup. As a righty, you know, it's whatever, you know, balls that move away are harder to hit. The lefty curve comes right into you, so and it's a little easier to see. So I don't think I don't really sit curve as much unless he's has a good sharp curve. But definitely righty, I think more fastball curveball than lefty fastball. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, that's some good. That's some good uh, uh, sequence hitting stuff. That's the stuff that I always. That's that's really the part of the game that I enjoy is is throwing things that look like other things and and there's some real specific pitches. You know, I, I always think about Greg Maddox and and uh, you know, uh, growing up they all, they used very general terms and now you have announcers these days that that uh, that you know specifically pick things out. And, you know, unfortunately, with uh, uh, you know how long in between pitches and games are, you can totally see how the youth of America get distracted. You know, in 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 watching baseball games, and you know, I, I wish they could do something about it. Um, uh, playing in a couple tournaments in college and even afterwards, they I think they might have something with this uh, shot clock. I, I don't know. I think the Atlantic League tried it this year, trying to speed up the game where guys had to be in the box in the batter's box in a certain time. You had to throw a pitch. Uh, or at least start your delivery um, within a certain time frame. Otherwise, it was a ball of strike and guys were penalized. Uh, um, but I, I remember growing up and seeing Maddox, and, and they would just say fastball, for example. And the thing would just nasty two seam come all the way back. Or, and they'd say fastball again, and it actually would be more of a cutter, you know, even inside from a righty righty. And, and those pitches, I feel like, you know, if you can stay out of the middle of the plate, where, which is where you practice hitting the ball. 
is that's the that's the danger zone. And uh, you know, staying on the edges, I believe, is in changing speeds, like you're, like we were saying, is probably one of the uh, the best things that you can do with a pitcher. And, and I know it makes it a lot harder for you if you got a guy that's that's painting on both sides of the plate and changing speeds on both sides of the plate is 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 definitely something that I know I try to do, and I've seen a lot of success. And that's where yeah. you get you know you might chase something down or chase you know a bad pitch. So awesome. Let's. Let's move on. Uh, um, I wanted to talk to you about um, how did you get so dang good at fielding? How did you get your hands so quick? Um, you know, what, what you know, I've, like I said, I've, I've never seen a guy, you know, especially from the beginning, I remember hitting ground balls and being like, you know, I hope he can figure this out, you know, me being a second-year player on that team. Um, is, I, that, that field had to have helped you for the rest of your career. Um, is there anything that any drills or anything that you that that really that you try to concentrate on or anything that really made you uh, uh, any kind of phrases or anything that that helped you uh, over the years? Uh, you know, just repetition and good repetition because it doesn't matter how many times you do something. If you're doing it in the wrong form, that's not going to do anything for you. You know, it's even in the, in the gym or, or whatnot. So every ground ball I always took, I always played it as like a game situation. You know, I'd, I'd start off, you know, feeling feeling it normal, and uh, but most of the time, I when I practice feeling ground balls, I'd have in my head, all right, this this guy is the fastest guy in the world. I got to get rid of this. I got to see how fast I can get rid of it. Yeah. You got to see how fast uh, your body can do something, you know, uh, under control. So like, I get try to get rid of it as fast as I can, and sometimes I'd be like, okay, that's too fast. I got to slow it down a little bit. You got to know your limits. And every ground ball I fielded. Even in practice, it's not I treat it like a game situation. You know, even if there's you know, obviously no one running, if it's just me and you, you know, you hitting at me, there's no one else in the field. I'd field it, and if I'm not throwing it, I'd still get the arm up and get get my body in the right throwing position just to get you know muscle memory down. So, but just just repetition, that's that's huge. Repetition, yeah. I, speaking of that, you uh, you did you made three plays in the All Star game that reminded me, and and. I wanted to talk to you about this too. You would get rid of the ball so quick, especially that play in the hole. You would backhand it, and you had figured out how to not throw the ball on a line. And I was always baffled because you were 100% accurate. And I remember one time, even in practice, seeing you do it. You actually, it almost looks like you have a spot that's away from you, up, that you throw it to that spot that you know is in line with the first baseman that you know the ball is going to fall to. You see that in the bigs all the time. I mean, uh, then again, you got freaks like Anderson Simmons. And Simmons the other, I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago, he made that Derek Jeter yes. jump throw. Um, but you do see it where guys have, okay, I know I can throw this at 75 or 80% or whatever percent you think, and that the ball is going to carry and it's going to come down exactly where I need. Is, how, how did you learn that and what made you, what made you try it? Uh... You know, I wouldn't say necessarily I started doing it messing around practice, but uh, I don't know. I think sometimes it'll be easier. It's, it's easier to do. I mean, because sometimes by the time you get a ball, you have, if you're running full speed, you have so much weight going towards the hole that by the time you stop, this and that, you get rid of it, you know, the guy could already be there. So I, I wouldn't say master, but I, can, I think I came pretty close of, you know, when I throw the ground ball in the hole. There's the same angle that I throw out of every time. So it's almost when I, when I practice throwing, I got to throw it out of this angle, this side angle, because I know how much, like exactly how much I need to put on the throw, 
who's running. Obviously, if he's a little faster, I need to throw it a little harder. If he's a little slower, I'll still run up and do the jump throw, but I don't need to throw it as hard. I can take a little less off of it. No, that's going to be a little more accurate. But uh, just just practice. You know, even when, you, when you're playing catch with a partner, you know, you always want to work on quick hands, whatnot. Work on taking a few steps running and throwing, throwing off balance. Yeah. Throwing to your right, backhand each, each way, and that, that helps. You, you made a play, uh, speaking of that backhand, uh, you made a play, uh, and I saw a video of it, and I remember you and I were talking about it, and it was the backhand in the hole, but you went down with both hands, and you backhanded it, and then under threw it, you just got, you fielded it and got rid of it as quick as you can, and it looked like a rainbow throw, it really did, and you threw it, and it just went up, and then it came down and hit the... And you had gotten rid of it so fast. And I said, how did you even think to do that? And you said, man, I practiced that a thousand times over where I'm, I'm not trying to plant there. I'm trying to, how quickly can I get rid of it? And obviously you tumble at the end, um, but you, you know, that was one of the things, you know, planting and throwing. And there, I guess you could say there is a time to, to plant and throw, but, you know, and that, that comes with the territory. But if you practice, like you're saying, like there's a, a fast runner every time, it's a whole different story uh, yeah, getting rid of it. So that's that's awesome stuff. Um, so we got repetition. We got treated game speed. We got it treated like a, a fast runners there. Uh, is there anything else? Any advice for for middle infielders that you want to throw out there? Uh, you know, there's not not a whole lot. Just repetition. Treat it. Treat the game like, you know, in practice, like you know, everyone's watching. Even if it's just you two, you never know who's watching you. You know, there could be someone behind a tree watching you, scouting you. Who knows? You know, treat it, treat it like there's everyone's watching you, that everyone's there, and just don't, just don't go to the field. You know, messing around that oh, I'm with my buddy, this and that. You know, have take some pride, and because you never, you never know who's watching. You know, coach could roll in this and that, and you never know. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard some scouts these days that, uh, uh, that actually go to. Some of them are going to practices and staying in their car. They know that they can uh, see the field from it. Um, and I thought that was Believe a pretty incognito uh, good move if you were going to go scout a scout a game or, or if you had a, you know if you were in an area. Nowadays, scouts have to cover such big areas and move all over the place that you know yeah. if they pass through an area and they can see something, it's it's an interesting uh, situation. So, all right, well that's awesome stuff. Uh, what about um, is you got any advice for any young guys? Let's say uh, some some youth uh, coming up um, of just anything that. That you'd like to pass along? Uh, you know, I'm a big guy in nutrition, and I wish I would have known a lot of this when I was when I was younger in, in the high school days. And uh, you see a lot of kids now drinking a lot of soda, eating a lot of un unhealthy foods. I think what you put in your body, you know, it'll make you stronger, makes you faster. And I wish I'd have known that when I was a little little younger, you know. But uh, just just. You know, try to eat a little healthier when you can. Not always. You know, you're a kid. You're a person. We all got to live. We got to eat that pizza, that cheeseburger still. But uh, maybe not not as much, you know. But uh, eating a little healthier, drinking a little healthy, I think that, that helps in baseball a lot because that will help in the gym. And, you know, what you do in the gym obviously helps what you do in the field. So that's, you know, that's what I think. I, I, uh, I had a guy on the podcast recently, big bodybuilder, and, and uh, some of these – a lot of these kids uh, into – uh, shortcuts and and this and that and and he was talking about the food side like we were saying and and saying that uh, one of the best ways if you really can think about it and you know people are into these video games and leveling up and this and that and 
he would he had made a reference of the quickest way you can level up is by putting that high octane food. If you, in leveling up is basically becoming stronger or or adding a plate to something or you know the you know the and the the more healthy or the more nutritious the food you have, the quicker you can add weight to something and get even stronger. And I, I'm with you. I wish. One, I wish I would have uh, known better, and, and that, you know that's one of the reasons I want to put this out there. I, I want the parents as well as the kids, because they're the ones ultimately that can influence, you know, yeah. more, especially at a younger age. Is, is exactly. can you can you educate both parties and create a team? I see a lot of guys when I'm doing um, lessons that the dad, you know, is so hard on the son, but it's because the dad cares just as much as the son does. But the son thinks it's not cool or this. And I, and I wish that they would go into it as a team situation. You know, I, my, fortunately, my dad and I, you know, he taught me how to pitch pretty much by watching Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. And, you know, hey, you know, he, he hadn't really played baseball that much, but it was like, well, these guys are doing something right, you know. And he had – there's something that I uh, look at now and even – and I feel like the guys that do things the, the best way do it for the longest amount of time. You got a lot of these guys coming, throwing 100 miles an hour, and they're in and out. You know, they're in and out. Uh, but you look at the guys, um, uh, for example, I don't know if you know this, um, Josh Beckett, uh, never had a major arm surgery ever. Uh, and, and he's a, he's a constant throw guy. You got guy, you know, you really don't see a Cal Ripken, uh, these days where, where guys are going out and playing through the pain and playing every day. You were a guy that, you know, rarely wanted an off day or, you know, as a matter of fact, I remember a situation where you thought you were going to have an off day and, uh, our manager changed his mind on you. And, and so, you know, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, I think, and that's where the fuel comes in and eating the right stuff. Um, yeah. Can you give me an example of, of one of your favorite nutritious meals, uh, you know, what you're putting in it? Uh, I ate a lot of eggs, just, you know, based mostly egg whites, a few egg yolks uh, for breakfast. I ate a lot of chicken, uh, a, lot of, a lot of lean meat, uh, vegetables, huge. I'm big on fruit. Uh, just pretty much high things that are, you know, low, low in fat, you know, maybe sometimes I need a little more calories, but healthy calories, uh, lower in sugars, but, uh, just pretty much just anything that's not, not too bad for you. You know, nothing that's fried, pretty much anything that's not fried, I'll eat. <laughs> anything that's not fried. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right, man. Well, look, I, I think it's been real informative. Uh, you know, like I was telling you before, I hope to, uh, if I get out to Arizona, um, hopefully we can get up and, and maybe do this again and, and uh, yeah. possibly even do some uh, um, some informative stuff. Um, maybe even do a little some ground ball stuff. People can see see what you're doing. Uh, it, it's always a pleasure to watch you play the game. And, and Thanks, man. I, I always appreciate you know people that go out and work on their craft every day. I, I've always respected that. No matter no matter what the situation, whether it's baseball or not. Now. You, you and I have, have kept in contact, even being, you know, you being in Germany, I being in Mexico, I always thought, you know, I talked to Bill, and Bill's like, what, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, and you guys leaving America, and sometimes you got to do it. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's where the game is played, and if you find an opportunity, go. So, I appreciate having you on. Um, are you doing uh, any lessons out in Arizona or anything, or? Uh, not a whole lot. I got a younger brother that's 15, so I'll go to the field with his friends every now and then and help them out. But uh, no lessons, exact lessons yet, but I give a little free coaching here and there. Okay. Well, if there's anybody in the Arizona area, how can people get a hold of you if you, they, got, they want to talk contact anymore? Uh, find me on Facebook, Charlie Calamia. That's the best, that's the best way. Awesome.
awesome. Well, and if, uh, for everybody out there, if you ever get a chance, uh, if you get close enough to get char to uh, Charlie Calamia's Snapchat, it's it's absolutely stellar. It's it's filled with a lot of. Uh, you're a big pre-workout guy, right? You, uh, I uh, one instance, yeah. you got a brand new uh, flavor of pre-workout, and that was uh, pretty exciting for you. You gonna take time off the pre-workout also? I, I lost you there for a second. One more time. I said I'm, I'm big on the pre-workout, but you got to take time off the pre-workout too. But uh, that new flavor, I remember that snap. I, I was really excited. You know, it was, it was watermelon, tastes like a Jolly Rancher, and uh, I was ready to go. Awesome, awesome. That, that's good stuff. Well, uh, for everybody at home, uh, you know, get better every day. Try to beat yesterday, and uh, you know, eat right. That's, that's from me and Charlie. That, that seems to be a running theme between everybody. And try to limit your, your, your fried foods and, and uh, get in the gym, get stronger. Try to, try to level up your, your strength and, and your, your fielding and your hitting and try to become a student of the game. That's one of the big reasons we're putting this out there. So, Charlie, I appreciate it. Like I said, hopefully I'll get to see you soon, man. And, and yeah. uh, good luck to you. Enjoy your, uh, your time off. Get, you know, recover from your long summer over there in Germany. I'll try. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy.